listening to the sermon podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are honored that you are with us. At Christ Church, we believe God is alive in Holy Scripture, inspiring, challenging, and guiding us today. At Christ Church, we bring our hopes, our pain, our questions, and our doubts, and our faith as we journey together through the Bible, trusting Jesus to meet us here full of grace. Christ Lutheran Church is a special place of healing. May the healing love of God bless you today. Thank you for joining us here. My first Sunday at uh, Christ Lutheran Church was over five years ago. And one of you who's here today, who remained nameless, was wearing a yellow t-shirt. Happens to be wearing a yellow t-shirt today, but it was a different yellow t-shirt. But he will remain nameless. Because on that day, my first Sunday here, this individual was wearing a yellow t-shirt that was emblazoned with the phrase, God's work, our hands. It's the motto of the ELCA's annual emphasis on a Sunday of service that congregations across the country take place in, take place, uh, take part in. The idea of that phrase, God's work, our hands, it's that through us, through our hands, God is at work. As God became flesh in Jesus Christ, today, that body of Christ, it's each of you. It's us. We are the body of Christ. That's a pretty awesome power for each of us to have, to embody The love of God, really, truly, for others. When you care for the person right in front of you or right beside you, God is working through you. Great is the mystery of faith. Let us pray. God of heaven and earth, May the hearing of your word today inspire each of us to embody your love in the world in real and tangible ways. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, our rock and redeemer. Amen. So uh, we're continuing today our reading of the lovely gem of a book of Ruth together. And we are now... Halfway through. Can you believe it? Moving fast. Chapter two. I heard from a few of you this week that you you did, in fact, uh, take up my challenge and read through the book of Ruth. That is so great. And now you know where this whole thing is heading. You know how the whole thing fits together. Now, it's not too late. You can, you can read through Ruth in one sitting. It's uh, just four short chapters. So uh, if you didn't do it last week, it's not too late. I do encourage it. 
Um, If you did it, you know how the whole thing fits together. You know now, for example, that God, God's self does not show up in the book of Ruth. God doesn't show up in the book of Ruth the way that God shows up in, say, the book of Exodus, appearing to, to Moses in a burning bush and talking to Moses. Or in, say, Isaiah, putting God's words in the prophet's mouth. God doesn't show up the way that God shows up to say that the disciples in the Gospels through the person of Jesus. God is mentioned in Ruth, but much the same way that we mention God. God be with you, we say. And that's what Boaz says to his farmhands. After Naomi's husband's husband and sons die tragically, she says, God has dealt bitterly with me. And you hear some folks who are suffering say something like that sometimes. That God is maybe somehow causing their suffering. They say, well, God, God, God's, God's making me go through this. But God doesn't show up in the story physically to afflict Naomi, just as God does not show up physically today and cause cancer, for example, or a car accident, or any of the brokenness in the world. Brokenness exists, sin exists, but God is only ever good. God is never an agent of suffering or evil, but God will show up in our suffering to help us through it. The book of Ruth teaches us about hesed. That's the Hebrew word that that describes loving, faithfulness, generosity, kindness. While God does not appear in the book of Ruth as in other places in the Bible, God's hesed shows up in real, meaningful, life-changing ways throughout the book of Ruth. Just as God does show up in real, meaningful, life-changing ways in our lives, demonstrating chesed. So today we're going to um, recap a little bit of Ruth, uh, remember where we are, And then we're going to dig into chapter two. We're going to talk a little bit more about Hebrew. We're going to specifically talk about the words uh, Beth, uh, Lehem, and Hesed. And then we're going to address the commonality of tasty cakes and my call into ministry. And we're going to talk about the law. We're going to talk about immigration. And we're going to talk about the embodiment of God. So... Here we go. Last week, we noticed together how amazing it is that Ruth and Naomi and Boaz have a place in the Bible at all. Because they're not royalty. They're not miracle workers. They are not prophets with special messages from God. They're regular people. Good, but human. They lived likely 3,000 years ago in Bethlehem and Judea. And today, we are talking about them in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So they're special. They're worthy of knowing because they are like 
Well, they're like you. They try to do their best. They care for others. They love each other. They love God. And so they have a place here, here in the Bible, here in the story of God. And and so do you. Just as they show up in the story of God, God shows up in their stories. You are a part of the story of God, and I wish that we could sit together after church, maybe, or later this week, and and just sit together and, and hear from each other how you feel God showing up in your story. We remember in this story that Ruth is the daughter-in-law of Naomi. They are both widows now. They have just returned to the little town of Bethlehem, where Naomi is from. But Ruth is new to this whole nation. She's an immigrant. She comes from a different religion as well. And we heard this morning that Ruth, new to town, begins to feel the urgent need to provide for herself and her mother-in-law. So she decides she's going to go try and find them some food. Now, Bethlehem is famously home of the future king David, also another future king, Jesus Christ. And it was also famous for bread. In fact, Bethlehem is Hebrew for city of bread. Beth is the word for city. Lehem is the word for bread. Bethlehem, city of bread. Note then that Jesus, the bread of life, the bread from heaven, was born in the city of bread. Also note that Naomi and Ruth, they come to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley and wheat harvests. So I imagine if your town is famous for bread, the barley and wheat harvest is probably a pretty big deal. It's an important time in Bethlehem. Now, I grew up in a small town of bread of sorts. It's called Thomasville, Georgia. It's home of flour, flowers food industries, which is a mass producer of breads and other baked goods. They're on the shelves at every grocery store. Nature Zone, made by flower foods. Wonder Bread, Sunbeam, Tasty Cake. They own all of that, and their bakery is right downtown Thomasville. Now, when the wind and the weather are just right, the scent of baking bread wafts all over town. Mr. and Mrs. Flowers were very active members at First Presbyterian Church, where I grew up. And they were some of the very first people to ever tap me on the shoulder as a high schooler and suggest that, that maybe I should consider if God is calling me to become a pastor one day. They knew about bread, they knew about business, and they knew the need for regular people to speak up when God puts something on your heart. God never showed up to me and said, you know, son, it's time for you to start the work to become a pastor. But God showed up in a little town of Thomasville 
through some very successful bakers, among other human saints, who with their kindness, their encouragement, ushered me along this way. I've always since then depended on listening carefully for God's voice and God's presence in other people to discern what God is calling for me. So Ruth, she goes into this field and and like the image that's on the cover of your bulletin, she begins to glean. This means that she's following behind the farm workers who are picking barley and she's collecting what they leave behind. Now, some may consider this to be stealing, but the practice of gleaning is actually mandated in the law. Deuteronomy 24, 19 says, When you reap the harvest in your field and forget a sheaf in the field, you shall not go back to get it. It shall be left for the immigrant, the orphan, and the widow. Ruth checked two of those boxes. She trusted the people of Bethlehem. She followed behind these reapers. And she was gleaning. They were abiding by their law, which provided for folks in just her situation. Now, does God show up? Well, here's God's law. And here is God's faithful people. Leviticus 19, 9 through 10 says, When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap to the very edge of your field. Or gather the gleanings of your harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and the immigrant. I am the Lord your God. Being mindful of the needs of others in your community, regardless of your assessment of their worthiness, is mandated by the law of God. So there is Ruth gleaning in the field. And as it just so happens, this field belonged to a man named Boaz who was related to Naomi's deceased husband, Elimelech. Now, Boaz noticed Ruth, and he discreetly called his workers over, and he asked them about the woman. Who's this woman gleaning in the fields? And they told her. They told told him that she's she's the widowed daughter-in-law of your cousin. She came, asked us if she could glean. She's been here all day. So the story continues in chapter 2, verse 8. So then Boaz, he says to Ruth, now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in any other field or leave this one, but just keep close to my young women. Keep your eyes on the field that is being reaped and just follow behind them. I've ordered the young men not to bother you. If you get thirsty, go to the vessels, drink from what the young men have drawn. Then Ruth, she fell Prostrate with her face to the ground, and she said to him, Why have you found, why have I found favor in your sight that you should take notice of me? I, I'm just a foreigner. And Boaz says to her, All that you have done for your mother in law since the death of your husband, it's been fully told to me. How you you left your father and mother. You left your native land. And you came to a people that you didn't know before. It's amazing. 
So may the Lord reward you for your deeds. May you have a full reward from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. Now, God does not show up in the book of Ruth, but Boaz teaches us, along with Ruth, that in fact God does show up in all in the time, in, 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 these, in these acts of mercy and kindness and love and hesed. And here, Boaz is the embodiment of God's hesed. He is faithful to the law. And he is faithful to the human being right in front of him. Conscious of her needs, of her situation. And she is overwhelmed by his kindness that he would encourage her to not worry about, don't go, don't go to any other fields. Just, take, just stay here. Take what you need. He sees her. He truly sees what she has been through. He feels compassion for her loss. He admires her courage and sacrifice. It's the courage and the sacrifice that so many refugees and immigrants exhibit in our own day. Boaz shows that is admirable. It would be something for us to learn in this country to look to the refugees and the immigrants to hear their stories and feel something other than contempt for them. But Boaz admires her. You gave up everything to come here. Does God show up? Boaz also does something really amazing and authentic. He does what uh, some of us are afraid of this word, even though it's in the name of our church, evangelism. It means to just share good news. He does that here um, when he says that what I'm doing, Ruth, it's not, um, it's not me. It's, it's God's work. It's, it's under God, it's God whose wings you have come to and found refuge. He's he's teaching her, because remember, she's not Jewish. This isn't her tradition. He's teaching her in this moment that the reason that I'm I'm doing this is because I'm amazed by you. And and because I'm a person of faith. It's, it's not just me. You've, you're finding refuge under God's wings. God's work, our hands. Ruth does not know well the God of Israel, but Boaz, through his compassion, is showing her exactly what God is like. So then she said, well, may, may I continue to find favor in your sight, my Lord? For you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, even though I'm not one of your servants. Now, Ruth, she doesn't let Boaz pass all of the credit of his kindness off to God. We have a nurse here uh, that does this all the time when I say, oh, my God, it is amazing what you did today for this client. She's so, it's not me, it's God. To God be the glory. You know who I'm talking about. It's God, to God be the glory. I said, no, but it's, but you did it. No, to God be the glory. I couldn't do it without God. God, God's the one. 
Ruth says, yeah, okay, but, but thank you, Boaz. Thank you. He doesn't know, she does not know yet that Boaz is, is in fact, uh, related to her late husband. So at mealtime, Boaz calls her over again, says, come, come here, eat, eat some of this bread, dip your morsels in this sour wine. So she sat beside the reapers and, and he heaped up for her some parched grain and she ate until she was satisfied and she had some left over. And when she got up to glean, Boaz instructed his young men, he said, come here, she had gone off. Let, let her glean even among the standing sheaves. Don't reproach her. You must also pull some handfuls for her from the bundles, which you've already collected, and then leave them for her to glean and do not rebuke her. So here is Boaz. He's not just giving Ruth the leftovers. He's teaching his workers to give out of his principle to give out of the harvest. Pull some of the handfuls that you've already collected, leave them in the field so that she can can come and collect them. This is hesed. This is love. This is what God does for us. God gives us not out of the leftovers of God's love. God gives us out of the very core of God's heart. And Boaz gives in such a way that Ruth doesn't feel like she's getting a handout because she's working hard. But Boaz is making her hard work go even further by making sure there's more grain for her. And so God does for us, takes the work of our hands and then expands it, makes it go further, matter more for those that we serve than we will ever know. Great is the mystery of faith. So Ruth, um, she gleaned in that field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned. It was about an ephah of barley. She picked it up. She carried it into town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gleaned. She took out what and gave to her what was left over after she herself had been satisfied. And her mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, Where did you glean today? Where have you worked? Blessed is the man who took notice of you. So Boaz says to her mother-in-law, whom she had worked with, she said, the, man, um, the name of the man who I worked with today is Boaz. And then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi said to her, this man, it's a relative of ours. He's actually one of our nearest kin. And then Ruth, the Moabite, said, well, he even said to me, stay close by my servants until until they have finished my harvest. So Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it's better, my daughter, that you go out with his young women. Otherwise, you might be bothered if you go to another field. So Ruth stayed close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning every day until the end of the barley and wheat harvests. And she lived through that time with her mother-in-law. Now, God isn't a character in this story because the people in this story are the embodiment of God. Christians believe that Jesus Christ was the incarnation of God. That means the enfleshment of God, God with human being on. 
But Jesus sends his Holy Spirit upon us, the church, that we may be the body of Christ, which means that we embody God. God's work, our hands. That's what all saints is all about. We honor our loved ones not because they were sainted by the church, but because they were sainted by God. Because we know, well, they were human They were not perfect, but in so many ways they embodied God for us. And you embody God for them. Boaz embodied God. As he told Ruth, you are under the safety of the wings of God. And that was true because she was under the safety of the loving embrace of Boaz. I was at the uh, Marine Corps ball last night in uh, um, Atlantic City. It's a long drive home late night. Uh, But I had this experience of wearing a uniform, walking through a casino, and uh, people would stop and say, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. It's always an awkward thing to hear uh, because I don't really feel like I've done done much. Um, But I heard a Marine say, you know, what he found himself say one time, and he had done multiple tours, uh, severely wounded in his time in service. And somebody said to him one day, thank you for your service. And he found himself saying, well, you're worth it. And that became his response from then on out when someone said, thank you for your service. Well, you're worth it. You're worth it. You're worth it. Beloved, you too are the community of saints. You're worth it. Just think of the way that God has shown up for you. Just as Boaz did for Ruth, as Ruth does for Naomi. Beloved, just think of the way that you can embody God for the community. Let people know you're worth it. You're you're worth it. I know that you have done this for me. And thanks be to God for all of the saints. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are glad you joined us today for the sermon podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We welcome you to visit us in person if you find yourself in the Harrisburg area. Visit our website, ChristHarrisburg.org, to find out more about our church and the free medical clinics we offer here. That's ChristHarrisburg.org. The music at the top in which you hear now is by Shane Ivers. May God be with you until we meet again.